Hello, happy Friday to you. So nice to be here with you today, Lisa. Thanks, Ashley. I am super excited to spend a Friday with you too. Yes, I'm so excited. So my name is Ashley Pereira. I am the host of Brand Experience Live, where we dive in and interview the individuals and brands that are delivering exceptional brand experiences to their candidates, employees, prospects, and buyers. And today I am so excited for our guest joining Lisa Bowman. Uh, Lisa is a architect and brand evangelist who has been a CMO at the UPS Foundation and United Way Worldwide. She's flown the coop of corporate America to focus on marketing, consulting, and helping the next generation of marketers achieve their career goals with her two companies, Marketing Mojo and Interview. I'm so excited to be here with you today, dive more into specifically your newest company called Interview. Thank you for joining. Thanks. I am so happy to be here. And I love all of what you said about talking about brands and the impact on all of their ecosystem, all of their audiences, because to me, that is something that brands sometimes forget about, right? They become so customer focused or B2B focused that they forget about investors. They forget that their employees are an audience they need to talk to. Yes, I totally agree. And I'm like, I'm right there with you. The entire purpose of me starting um, my agency, Ivory Gold, as well as doing this podcast is to remind everyone that it's about so much more than your customers, right? The best way to deliver a great brand experience for your customers and your buyers is through focusing internally and on the ones that are behind the scenes, getting everything going. I absolutely love that. Um, how old is your, your company interview? <laughs> like 10 days. <laughs> yeah, it actually it launched on, um, it was two weeks ago on Wednesday. So yeah, I guess we're, uh, we're officially almost at our three week mark. Um, but oh it's been in the works for quite a while. So I feel like I've been carrying this baby that was finally yeah. born. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that so much. And if you don't mind, um, Tell me a little bit more about the purpose of interview, how it came about, what your mission is. Yeah, thanks. So by background, I'm a marketer. Um, and one of the things that I love doing is working with young talent. Um, you know, when you when you go through an interview process, one of the things that you always get asked by whoever's interviewing you, if you're a people leader, is talk to me about your management style. How do you manage? Um, what would people that have worked for you say about you? And for me, I like I love, love, love to help people get where they want to go. And I really do look at that development as a people leader as part of my job. Right. Okay. It's it's not a hobby. It's part of my job. And so um, several months ago in conversation with some other CMOs uh, who are partners in the business, and I'm so happy about this, it's a friends and family type thing. You know, we were all talking about the fact that one of the skills that we have is the collective knowledge of having hired 
hundreds, maybe thousands of marketers over our careers. And so we were actually joking about ways to look for supplemental income. And, you know, all of us have been doing contact, contract and freelance. And I jokingly made a comment about I was going to start selling pictures of my feet on OnlyFans. <laughs> and that led us into, which I'm not, I am not doing that. Um, but that led us into, but that led us into a conversation about, you know, these intangible things that we have. And so as we started kind of brainstorming, it was like, wait a minute, one of the things that we all know how to do really, really well is hire top talent. We know what CMOs are looking for. We know the questions to ask. And mm -hmm. so that's how interview was born. And as we researched it and looked, there was such a gap in the market. There are resume writers, there are career coaches, wow. um, but there is nobody that we can find anyway that is dedicated towards spending time with you and prepping you for that mm -hmm. interview. You know, the, the most important professional conversation you're ever going to have is the one that gets you in. Yeah. Um, and so the resume opens the door to get you the interview. The interview gets you the job. And so our process is really simple. When we engage with a client, we research the company that they're interviewing with. We role play to as accurately as we can uh, role play the hiring manager. We conduct the mock interview using a very consistent process with a little bit of flexibility for the specific role. And then we conduct a feedback session with the candidate to help them understand like, this is what you did really well. This is what you need to work on. Yeah, I think that is absolutely fantastic. Um, uh, you know, some of the workshops that I provide are within this area as well before, right, before getting to this point where you're doing mock interviews, it's setting the foundation for presenting yourself, right, understanding you know, who you are, what your elevator pitch is, what your power statements are, things that are going to give you foundation and confidence to even get to the point where you are working with someone like yourself for interviews. And I, I absolutely love that you're, you're doing this. Thanks. And I, I think what you're talking about, right, is the precursor. It's the personal branding, right? And you and I are both brand people, but it's who are you as a brand? You know, yes. how do you present? Yeah. But all of that needs to carry consistently through the interview. And so Correct. I think what happens sometimes is that in the interview process, people get so nervous that they yeah. forget that it's a conversation. Yeah. And they forget to let themselves shine through, right? They're really focused on just answering the questions. Mm -hmm. And that's all great. You need to do that. But you also need to let the recruiter or the hiring manager see who you are as a person because you're going to have to work with this person if you get the job. Yeah. Um, and so often, like one of the things that in my career, you know, taking a job is one of the biggest decisions that you ever make. And I, you know, there was a candidate that I hired when I was CMO of United Way. Um, it was for a newly created role. He was relocating from California to Washington, D.C. for the role on his own dime um, because the role was not at that level where we paid for <laughs> him to move. And I remember having a conversation with him. And um, what he said was, I really want you to think about this. You know, I want you for this role. But this is a big move. You are picking up and moving across the country. 
on your own dime. And this is a big decision. And the reason why it's a big decision is that all of the other major decisions in life, you have tried before you buy, right? You, yeah. When you purchase a house, which is usually your most expensive investment, you get to do an inspection. You get to walk through the house. You look at where your furniture would go, right? You, you visualize yourself living there before you get married or engage with a partner, right? That is a very big decision. You try before you buy, you date that person. Um, you get to test drive a car before you make an investment in it. But the only thing you don't get to try before you make a commitment, which by the way, that commitment is how you put food on the table. It's how you provide for yourself. It's where you spend more often than not the majority of your waking hours. Yep. You don't mm -hmm. get to try on a job before yeah. you get the job. So all you know is what's been written on a job description, likely by somebody that's never done the job. Mm -hmm. uh, you've interviewed with somebody that may or may not have done the job. And then you have to make this big decision on whether or not this is the right place for you. So I, for me, it really is about, like it starts with that branding, but yeah, you need to let yourself get a little looser during that interview. It doesn't mean you won't be professional, right? But if you drop that and expose yourself, likely the interviewer may do that too. Mm -hmm. Then you start connecting on a personal level. Yeah. And I completely agree with that. I've, um, I have eight years in recruitment, whether it, I was, you know, a full desk recruiter at an agency, or I was a corporate recruiter, or I was overseeing brand and marketing for recruitment agencies. I've seen a lot as far as candidates go, right? Their personalities, the things that they question, how they feel, what they really care about. And one of the things I've really enjoyed is getting to know the client side, right? The hiring manager side and what they really care about and who they are. And it's really interesting because more often than not, they're just as nervous about doing these interviews as someone who is interviewing because they do realize, especially in the climate of the job market today, that it is a two-way interview. It's a two-way street because both parties understand we're going to be spending a lot of time together and I have to rely on you. You are my partner, especially a good hiring manager. They know, right? This person is my partner, not my subordinate because we're all doing something together. We're going to be spending the majority of our lives together. And I don't think a lot of people interviewing realize that, that the hiring manager or the person, you know, interviewing them is just as nervous or just as out of their realm as they are. I, I think that's a really valid point because I think back to interviews that I've conducted, right. As the hiring manager, you never know what's going to walk through the door. <laughs> And, it's, and yeah, it's, it's hit and miss, right? Sometimes you get a winner and sometimes you get a weirdo. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, for me, I know one of the things that I've always tried to do in interviews and particularly in the days when interviews were in person, you know, so much is on Zoom these days and people take jobs without ever meeting the person that they're working for. Yeah. But going back pre-COVID, the big thing for me was to always start that interview on a personal level and get that person calmed down with having conversation that had nothing to do with the job, right? Making sure that when they came in, you know, did they get 
coffee or water if they wanted something to drink? Um, did they have an opportunity? If they'd been in the car for a while, did they have an opportunity to go use the restroom before mm -hmm. we sat down for the interview? Right? That can make you uncomfortable during an interview. Yeah. Um, so getting them to a good spot and then beginning the conversation with something innocuous. It could be talking about the weather, asking about traffic, how their commute was, something to get them to open up and yeah. talk so that it really started to become a dialogue. Because to your point about it being a two-way street, I think most people expect as an interviewee that their role is simply to sit there and answer the questions that yeah. are with them. Yeah. Um, you have to engage. It has to be a conversation. And you have just as much of a right to ask questions. So, you know, yes. for managers that pull the game of, you know what, I'm going to do this and I have all these questions I want to ask you and I'll leave just a minute or two at the end. Don't do that. These candidates have questions they want to ask of you too. You're both making a decision. That yes. going out on a date and having the person that you're on the date with spend the entire time talking, right? And then as the bill comes, they look at you and they say, is there anything you'd like to know about? <laughs> This is a great conversation, one-way conversation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I really enjoyed talking about me to you. Do you want to know? Right. <laughs> you have anything to add? <laughs> that is so true. I and so it's it's interesting that you know you bring up from the hiring manager's point of view because I've been on that side as well. I've been through I think a thousand over a thousand interviews easily on like the recruiter or the hiring manager side. And one thing that I was always known for too is being personal and allowing candidates to become themselves and to become comfortable at the beginning of the process. And that's where I realized, I think as like a brand new baby recruiter before I ever got into employer branding or talent marketing or right recruitment from the other side on behalf of the candidate, what I realized was that getting feedback from candidates that I, I was recruiting, that they felt most comfortable about coming in because of my conversations with them, getting them comfortable, like reassuring them, hey, you can be yourself. We want to know you and making them comfortable when they came into the office. This was 2011, 2012, 13, 14, where we came into the office and you shook people's hands and you had real life face-to-face -face conversations that being that person to make them so comfortable and give them a good experience on the front end of the brand and the environment and the team, it made a huge difference in the entire way that the interview went. And I did the same thing for my hiring managers too. I was like, hey, this is what this person's like. And these are the things that you can talk about with them. And it was a really cool place to be in. But I got to see this side of candidates saying, this is what I care about. This is what makes me mo most comfortable. This is what makes me most confident. And then being able to apply it on the employer branding side and the talent marketing side made a huge difference on behalf of the companies that I was working with in making that one-to-one -one human connection with another individual, which is the most important thing is that we're humans, regardless of what you're selling. 
Agree. And there's like three things in there that I want to unpack. So it was funny as you were talking about the year, the 2011, 2012, it hit me that we have a new variation of BC and AC, right? It's before COVID and after COVID. Um, so that, that kind of hit me as you were talking about back in 2012. I'm like, yeah, before COVID, BC. Yeah. BC. Um, so that was the first thing. The second thing is that from the employer side, one thing to remember is that every candidate coming in and sitting across from anybody at your company interviewing for a job is also a prospective customer, yes. right? And so you have an opportunity to make a brand impression on them to either lift or throw down the brand reputation because yes. that experience that they have in that interview is not just a reflection on the person with whom they're interviewing. It's a reflection on the brand. Yes. And so for me, I was always really cognizant to make sure um, that if a candidate was not getting a role, if they were getting cut from the process, while HR sent out the automated letter, for me personally, I always made sure to follow up. Um, and send them just a personal note, thanking them for the investment of their time, yes. right? Because it is an investment of your time. You spend a lot of time getting ready to interview for a job. You, yes. you may take time off from your existing job if you're looking to transition. BC, before COVID, we spent a lot of time in the car getting to an interview. Yeah, It's the time you invest in the interview. And then there's the emotional stress of like, how did I do? Did I do well? Did they like me? Yeah. And I think that's something really critical too, because I think candidates have a tendency to question, did they like me versus am I the right person for this? Yeah. And so I, I never want anybody to take it personally if they don't get a job, right? Mm -hmm. It's not about you. It's not about like, like can help, right? But at the end of the day, there's one job, there's God knows how many candidates these days. Yes. Um, you know, the competition is fierce. And that's really, for us, that's where we see a need for our service. And it's not for the C-level like me. Um, generally, you know, if I would be recruited by somebody that would prep me for mm -hmm. that interview with a CEO. They wouldn't be doing a mock interview, but they would talk to me about what's important. Um, but your mid-level, your entry-level students Right. It's it's graduation time. Students getting ready to go into the workforce yeah. in their first career don't have that interview experience. Um, I actually I judged a competition where students were pitching for a fictitious job a few weeks ago. So they had an opportunity to come in and do a 90 second pitch to get a fictitious social media intern role. Uh -huh. One of the constructs in the pitch competition was that they had to issue a call to action. And so what yes. I found amazing was just the level of casualness that's there. And again, I, I take it with a grain of salt because they haven't been in the workforce. Uh -huh. But by and large, the majority of them, their call to action was, so, hey, thanks. I'll hit you up for a cup of coffee on Monday. <laughs> we'll talk about when I can start. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, don't hit me up for a cup of coffee. That's, that's not what we're doing here. So, you know, I think there's a great edge that students can get if you've got the opportunity to come interview with me or one of my fellow cmos right even if it's for an entry-level job we're going to prep you 
Yeah. So that you're getting through that hiring manager and putting best face forward. I love that. And so this is a totally different side of the candidate experience than I normally talk about on this podcast. Normally we're speaking with the hiring managers or the hiring team, the recruitment team that, you know, they're known for their candidate experience. They're known for their employee experience. I love that we're talking about this side of the candidate experience of taking responsibility as the candidate to provide and give a good experience. Going back to, you know, this investment that we make in interviewing, and this is the majority of what you're helping with, what does that typical prep process look like if there is, you know, expectations of if someone comes and works with you? what time frame are they investing in working with you or what kinds of things are they learning from or with you during this prep process so what they're getting from us time frame investment it's not significant it's a couple hours right we want okay. to correct there's there's no need to do you know you're you're getting ready for an interview and you engage us when you find out you've got the interview okay so we're pretty agile in terms of our scheduling Mm -hmm. um, we want to get in. We want to do it. We know you've got a deadline for that interview. We want everything to be fresh. So it's not about like a course we're going to run you through for several weeks. Uh -huh. um, you've got to do this. You've got to do it and do it right. You get one chance. And so what they're going to learn from us is what kind of questions are likely to be asked to make sure that they've got great case examples, right? Because it's not about activity. Don't come in and talk in an interview about how busy you've been or the things you did in your job, <laughs> about the results you achieved. Yes. Um, we want to make sure they've got good questions to ask the interviewer, the things that are going to differentiate them from the other candidates. So the interviewer is like, wow, that's a really thoughtful question, or mm -hmm. nobody else has asked me that before. Right? Those are the little clicks that will set you apart from another candidate. And it's so funny, you know, Ashley, I, you've been a marketer, you've been on the HR side. Um, and it, as this is coming out of my mouth, I'm laughing because I'm a marketer. And so I had a job once in HR um, when I was at UPS and I was the CMO of the UPS Foundation. The foundation actually sat in HR. And I remember when I got asked to take the job, I cringed because I was like, no marketer wants to go to the HR function. Like, yeah. no disrespect to the HR people, but we're wired differently. Yes. Um, we're wired way differently. Yes. And so now here I am, right, talking about human capital yep. as a marketer. And it just strikes me that, like, sometimes life goes full circle. 100%. I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've both had that journey, so. Yeah. But it's really, it's really valuable. And it is the future of hiring. It, it genuinely is. And there's, right, we're, if you are a marketer, you've been seeing these conversations pop up over the years of like, oh, candidate experience and employee experience. But right now it's finally really starting to hit the market as something that truly is important because we're in this like digital age post COVID where we're not going in offices. So online presence and the way that the process is as far as touch points and physical experience and emotional experience and interview experience, all of these things have become suddenly important on the outside, right? We've seen it as marketers for a long time, but it's really rewarding 
to see that in my opinion of like me looking back on my journey starting in 2011 being like i think these things are important i see that it makes a difference and now here I'm, they are right yeah and i was just like throwing spaghetti at the wall and i'm like i don't know people are responding to it and now it's like oh this is employer branding and talent marketing and brand experience and it's so nice to see this now and like I said, I mean, this was something that was born out of a conversation. And sometimes mm -hmm. that's where the best ideas come from, right? Yeah. As we were talking, we we're like, you know, there's this gap and we do this. We've all done this across our careers. So why not bring it forward? Um, and as we did our research, that gap seemed to exist in the marketplace. So I am like so excited that we're able to fill that gap. One of the things for me is that I love to add value with what I do. It's why I ended up going to the nonprofit side. Um, you know, I can spin my wheels all day long and make another billion dollars of revenue for a for-profit commercial entity. But when you're doing it on the nonprofit or the social impact side, yeah. sometimes it doesn't really feel like work because you know that somebody somewhere is going to have a better tomorrow because of the work that you did today or yesterday. And that's very much how I feel about interview. Right. I feel like my skills are going to enable somebody's future to be better once they land that job. Mm -hmm. And that's a feel good for me. Right. That's my ROI on the work that I'm doing. It's that intangible that you get from that. Yeah, I, I can relate to that. And when so you were talking about how, OK, a, a, you know, a candidate gets an interview, they come to you, they say, hey, I have this interview I need to prep. It takes a couple of hours. Do you already have like an inventory of questions that you have prepared plus mm -hmm. you customize some based on the job description or how does that work? What does the candidate need to bring to you before they meet with you? So what the candidate needs to bring to us, and we will obviously send them an onboarding email, but what they need to give us is they need to give us the job, just the role that they're interviewing for. Mm -hmm. So we need the job description. Um, we need the name of the hiring manager if they have it, obviously the company, because we're going to research to role play as accurately as possible I love as we can. Um, we do have a system that is consistent for how we conduct the interviews, what we're looking for beyond just the questions, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the soft skills. It's how they're doing um, on video, how they're interacting, how they're dressed. We're going to score them um, so that we can share feedback back with them. And help them understand like this section you you knocked it out of the park but down here you're a little weak mm -hmm. and then there's a customizable portion that is very specific to the individual job where we will be again role playing um mm -hmm. as the hiring manager to the best of our ability to really ferret out concrete examples of their ability to do the tasks that are identified in the job description. Um, we have a half hour feedback session with them, things they wanna go work on. If they've got time before their interview, we'll do a second one um, mm -hmm. at a reduced rate, right? Because they've already been through this. So we'll do a second run through if they want. Um, but the goal is to get a high percentage of our people coming through, actually get the job. I love that. I love that so much. And how, um, cause I know we're getting like so close to time. Um, what is your like top two suggestions for someone other than working with you, obviously, <laughs> um, but 
if, for example, like, do you, do you have free resources or things that you give in terms of, you know, if someone is not ready to work with you yet, or they can't afford it or whatever the reason may be, what is your top, like one or two suggestions to them to prep for their interview on their own? If they're not in the position to be able to work with you? That's a great question. Thank you. I, you know, I think thing one, right, is make sure that you let you come through. Yeah. in the interview. So do what you need to do. If you need to do jumping jacks to shake stress off before you hop on that Zoom or that Teams interview, do it. Uh, if you need to sit and meditate for a second, take a deep breath, eat a piece of chocolate, whatever your thing is, do it. Let you come through on the interview. That's number one. And number two, this is really, it's not even something that I should have to say, but I'm shocked at how many times I see this doesn't happen. Send a follow-up Thank you. <gasps> yes, it is harder these days. Like I am the queen of the handwritten thank you note, but without people being in the office today, it is harder to do that. Yeah. So what I would suggest is ask your interviewer at the end, if you can have an address to which you can send them something. Yeah. Uh, if you can do a handwritten thank you note, that'll be an email every day mm -hmm. because people don't do that anymore. So it's unique. It cuts through and make sure when you do that, thank you note that it's not just thank you for your time to interview me for this position, call out something from the conversation. Yes. Um, personalize it, right? Let you come through again. I was listening. I heard you. And here's a nugget back from our conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And it's so funny because, you know, we're, talking primarily for you on your behalf to marketers and it's, you know, other, other types of individuals are going to be listening to this conversation right now. But I think the thing that people forget is, right. This is sales. You are selling yourself and the best way to sell any product, regardless of if it is a you for a job, or a service or a physical product for your company or the place that you work, regardless of your role, you are the product in this case. And the best way to connect, to sell the product is to get on something personal, on a personal level, to follow up, to like show that you care. That hits people so hard and deeply. Exactly. And you know what, if you've talked about something that you've got a resource for, right, a podcast, a book recommendation, if something came up in the interview, that you mm -hmm. can extend something to that person, right? Hey, I remember that we talked about this. I saw this article, I listened to this podcast, wanted to also forward it to you, thought you might enjoy yes. it, right? You're, you're giving a little something that costs you nothing. And, you know, going back to your point about marketers too, we're starting with marketing because mm -hmm. that's where we all are. Yeah. We have full plans to expand into other functions. We have got friends that have been CHROs and recruiters and CFOs and CEOs that can hire for COOs and operations people. So this is just the tip. Um, we will be expanding into a full service agency. I love this so much. It sounds like a movement. <laughs> to me, it's so much more than an agency. This this legitimately sounds like a really incredible social movement that I'm excited to you know continue to follow your journey. Um, for anyone you know here that wants to connect with Lisa on LinkedIn, I'm you know I'm putting up 
her profile here on the screen. It's going to be in the comments as well. Please reach out to her, connect with her, follow her content, have conversations. And if you are a marketer currently that is, you know, in need of interview help, please, in addition to connecting with Lisa on her personal LinkedIn, follow her company page. It's up on the screen and, and in the comments as well. Um, reach out to her for resources to schedule a time to for a mock interview and see how you can, you know, acquire assistance through your job, uh, your job search as well. I'm really grateful for the time that you've taken today to meet with me, to meet with the audience. Um, I really look forward to following your journey and I, I can't wait to see what's next for you. Thanks, Ashley. I appreciate it. It's been a blast to talk. Absolutely. Bye. See you later.